welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is take two. Tried to do this show last night, got tangled up in some internet struggles last night, and I struck out, I swung and missed with my friend Chris Legrand from Oklahoma, and uh, I said, Chris, let's, let's, let's do it again today. Let's reschedule. So we just rescheduled. It is Wednesday, December 6, 2023. Happy holidays, every, uh, everyone. Uh, thank you and welcome to our live viewing audience. Uh, I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, iTunes, wherever you're taking in the podcast, uh, and, and certainly our live audience. Thank you for um, tuning in. And if you are watching live, jump in with a question or a comment. Let us know where you're coming from. We'd love to hear from you. But today, again, as I said, I had Chris Legrand. He is the executive director of the Oklahoma Association of Secondary School Principals, as well as the Oklahoma Middle Level Education Association. That's a mouthful right there, Chris. Um, but he's in his first year there. He was a, a longtime principal, Guthrie, uh, Oklahoma. And uh, he grew up there. He, he was principal there and he still lives there. Uh, we're going to meet Chris in a second. And I appreciate his patience. I appreciate your patience uh, for, for giving us a second chance here with that technology screw up yesterday. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Havesies Cookies. If you've been with me a while, you know the you know them, you've heard of them, HavesiesCookies.com. Check them out if you have to send cookies to somebody this holiday season. Uh, the discount code is Marotta, M-A-R-O-T-T-A. Check them out. They make great cookies. They're vacuum sealed. They'll ship them to Guthrie, Oklahoma, Staten Island, New York, Port Jervis, New York, wherever you're sending them. Uh, and that discount code, again, is Marata. So uh, check them out. I thank them for sponsoring the show. Let's get rolling here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. The opening concept is the first time. It wasn't the first time I had technological difficulties yesterday, uh, but the first time, right? And um, I'm going to make sure this thing is on here. Um I was at a restaurant with my uh, my son the other day, and the waiter came over and he dropped the tray, and the table next to me got wet and they were splashed and they got mad at him and he gave him a free dessert or whatever he did uh, there, and, and he came over to me. I could see he was all flustered, and it was the first time he said that's the first time that ever happened to me, and I said, hey man, that's not going to be. His name was Gage. I said, Gage, that's not going to be the last time it happens. But be glad, you know, it happened, right? You get through it. Chris is the first time uh, in this position as executive director, again, of the Oklahoma Association of Secondary School Principals. And he's learning. He's a 30-year-plus educator, uh, been through the ups and downs, all of it through education. But when you're doing something for the first time, there's a learning curve. You got to be patient with yourself. You got to ask those around who've done it before you. You got to find your own way. And you're going to have ups and you're going to have times where you drop the tray. So those things happen. So I give a shout out to all of those first year administrators, your first year principals, first year superintendents, first year assistant principals. God bless you in that role. Very challenging. Be gentle on yourself. Show up tomorrow. Show up the next day and continue to roll on your journey. Enough of me talking. Let's bring Chris into the podcast. Chris, I got both fingers crossed today. It's all going to work. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, and good afternoon. And uh, from Oklahoma, hey, 
just uh, excited and uh, glad to be a part of the show today, to uh, this afternoon and, and be able to join you on this podcast. And I, I appreciate you giving me a second crack at it. Struck out yesterday. Uh, but this is Chris Legrand, as I said, Executive Director, Oklahoma Association, Secondary School Principals, as well as the Middle Level uh, Association. And, and Chris, it's, it's a new position for you. You retired last June. Congratulations. 30 plus years uh, in education. Uh, but how is this new role going for you? How is the, how is everything? Well, you know, Andrew, it's been a great change of pace. Um, you know, it's there's been some learning curves, just like you said, with anything new, uh, there's always a process of really learning your role, your position, and and this particular position, what I've learned, uh, uh, you know, right away is that it's it's uh, more of a desk job, uh, which is not a bad thing. But I'm accustomed to being up and moving and visiting classrooms and you know greeting kids in the hallways between classes and you know hanging out at the in the lunchroom. And uh, here it's it's more business work, uh, but it's a busy uh, business type of work. And uh, it's, it's basically mentoring, coaching, and supporting our middle level and secondary principals across the state of Oklahoma. So it's been a welcome change. It's like anything else. Uh, you know, after a certain time in a particular position, you, you have a tendency to sometimes get into, uh, into a rut. Uh, but uh, this, uh, this new position has really stoked my, my flame and my fire. And uh, really, it's, it's been a, a, a very welcome uh, change for me and something that's been very positive for me and my family. Well, again, congratulations uh, on, on your retirement. Give you a shout out here on the, on the program. Uh, but tell me, tell me some of your goals uh, in your first year. What are some things you want to accomplish this year? Sure. You know, um, when I was interviewing for the position, you know, we have three big pillars here at COSA and, and, and basically COSA stands for the Cooperative Council of Oklahoma School Administration. And we're an umbrella association. So that means that under the COSA umbrella, we have a superintendent's association. We have an elementary principal's association. And we actually have a, a director of special services uh, umbrella association as well. And so I'm basically, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, over the middle level and, and secondary but when I interviewed for this position, I basically told them that I wanted to increase our membership in our association. And, and I really want to focus in on our suburban areas and, and, and metropolitan areas of Oklahoma, which in Oklahoma would be Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And so um, we do a pretty good job of reaching out to our administrators in rural Oklahoma. But... Uh, it just seems like sometimes in the big city, they kind of do their own thing. So one of my goals is to try to increase our membership in the Tulsa and Oklahoma City uh, areas. That's, an, uh, that's one of our, our pillars. Another thing is professional development. That's our second pillar here at COSA. Uh, and, you know, I find a lot of joy and satisfaction in, in, in helping new principals grow uh, and just teaching them and mentoring them and coaching them and helping them to get set that foundation so that they can be successful throughout the rest of their career. Because we all know it's just like a teacher. If, if they don't have a good experience within the first couple of years, they're going to move on. And we know that there is a, the, the pipeline right now is shallow. And so just, uh, you know, in, in being able to support a larger number of individuals 
as far as professional development is concerned. And then advocacy, that's our other big pillar of, of that three-headed monster. Um, and, you know, one thing that I, I don't boast a lot, but uh, as a member of NASSP, two years ago, I was actually recognized by NASSP as the advocacy champion of the year. And so that was a national honor and award. And, and, uh, and it was just for the fact that I spent so much time inviting my local, state, and national legislators into my building so that they could actually see what's going on. Because, you know, as I said the whole time, my, my big uh, point of emphasis was that everyone thinks they're an expert at school because they've been in school. But a, a lot of these legislators have not been in a schoolhouse in 20, 30, 40 plus years. And so much has changed and seeing is believing. And so I, I was fortunate to have the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, actually visit my school. Wow. And so wow. uh, you know, that, that, that was kind of a big get for us. Uh, and uh, so, you know, just so that they can see what's going on in our schools and, and how we're being good stewards and using these resources and this funding in a very beneficial way for our students. So those are some of my goals this year as uh, executive director here at, at COSA. Awesome job, and, and congratulations uh, on that award, Chris, and getting the governor to your school out of the thousands of schools. Uh, that's impressive uh, and certainly a good job. How did that visit go? Was there any curveballs that day? Was there a food fight in the cafeteria? <laughs> you know, actually, it, it was it was a little bit unexpected, but just to kind of give you a little backstory, um, it was actually uh, – Right there at the end of COVID, uh, where schools were, were starting to open back up. Okay. But um, our superintendent had done a, a wonderful job. Uh, we were one of the only schools in the Oklahoma City metropolitan area that never closed shop during that COVID time. I mean, there were schools that were closed for, you know, weeks and months at a time. And we had a lot of kids that were being quarantined, uh, but we never closed school because of COVID. And so the governor was very supportive of keeping schools open. And uh, so he wanted to see what we were doing. And uh, kind of what was cool about it was I'm sitting in my office and uh, someone walks in and said, um, the governor's on his way. And so uh, I look out my window, I have a window out to the parking lot and I see this big black expedition uh, with tinted windows. And I'm like, oh, OK, that, that that must be him. And so I walk out and a uh, couple guys get out, you know, and uh, I, it wasn't quite the president's uh, motorcade, but uh, it was pretty special having the governor there. And, and, and he made I took him around to some classes, uh, let him see what's going on. And then he actually made time to visit with some of our students uh, that had questions for him. And so just it was it was a great experience. And like I said, not it's a, something that not too many people can actually say that they've had a governor uh, in their schoolhouse for a visit. Very cool. If you're watching the show live, jump in, say hello. Let us know where you're watching from. Throw in a question there for Chris. Chris, you, again, you retired uh, in the summer. Uh, you were 11 years principal at, at Guthrie, and you you went to school there. You were a student there. Is that correct? Yes, that wow. is correct. So I was leading the school that I graduated from. Wow. What, what do you miss, Chris, about being a principal? You just talked a little bit about it, right? The socialism, the connecting with people. But what are some of the things that you miss? Well, I, I would say, first and foremost, is just interacting with students on a daily basis. You know, it, 
any great principal or administrator or educator loves kids. I mean, that's why we do it is for the kids. And I, you know, I, I think we're all kids at heart. Uh, and I truly believe that uh, something that's very instrumental in, in keeping people healthy and mentally sharp and strong is that you're around that uh, a younger uh, generation of people. And so uh, that is something that I miss is just that day-to-day interactions with kids joking, laughing, having a great time, and, and just trying to be helpful and, and giving them uh, some wise advice, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I when homecoming came around this year, um, and I wasn't a part of that. You know, we have a homecoming is a big thing in Guthrie, Oklahoma. We have a big parade. We have an alumni assembly, and and not being a part of that because I was in Oklahoma City working, that was kind of depressing. But uh, I, I really miss that, uh, and I miss just being around my faculty and staff. Uh, we had a great group of people that loved kids and uh, work collaboratively to help kids be successful. And uh, just just those those interactions with faculty and staff is something that, that I, I cherished, and, but at the same time, I really miss too. We know we all don't love all the parts of the job. What are some things that you don't miss? Um, now, that was easy. Um, <laughs> state reporting. Andrew, you know, as a former principal, I mean, reporting, it just seems like, you know, more and more reports, accountability reports, and I understand they're necessary, but uh, just that paperwork and the amount of data that you have to sift through. Fortunately, today we have computers, but, uh, you know, those that, that state reporting and uh, just uh, a lot of those, those data meetings that we had to have uh, to improve and drive instruction, uh, I certainly don't miss that. And, and I can, without a shadow of a doubt, I don't miss the girl drama uh, between our high school students, nor do I miss uh, angry and irate and uh, disgruntled parents that come in and uh, want to unload upon the, the the head chief, which is the principal. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't have that here, Chris. I mean, it must be an Oklahoma thing. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Well, I guess I need to move to New York. <laughs> well, again, kudos, uh, a 30 plus year, 32 years, 11 years at your former school. What was that like for you to, to go back there and, and become the principal? Um, you know, it, it was very interesting because we still had a, a few teachers that were actually there. You know, in yeah, fact, uh, yeah. one of them, her name was Joyce Allen, and uh, she was my high school English teacher. And, wow. you know, you know, God rest her soul. But uh, this past year, she actually passed away uh, and she was just getting ready to retire and uh, came down with cancer and unfortunately succumbed to the that dreadful disease. But, uh, you know, that that was interesting that I went from you know, being her student to being her boss, which was really unusual. But I tell you, what I really loved was the fact that I was there 11 years and and I had the same two assistant principals all 11 years. We had no turnover wow. in our ministry, wow. which that does not happen, as you know. I mean, yeah. a lot of times assistants move on up to principals, but yeah. we had that continuity. And I was able to pretty much hire 90% of the teachers. There were still some that when I took the job that I inherited, but the majority of them I was able to actually hire. And so basically the culture of the school was all dependent on, on the work uh, that my assistants and my staff had put into it. And so it was just 
great to be able to see the fruits of my labor. And, you know, the beauty is, and I, and I tell you, this was an advantage um, of growing up and, and going back and leading the school that I graduated from is that oftentimes if I had an issue or a concern with a student, chances are I either taught, coached, or have some type of relationship with a parent, guardian, aunt, uncle, grandparent, whatever. And a lot of them, they would just say, hey, I know Mr. Legrand. You know, he's he's good people. He's good stuff. And, and he's going to make the right decisions. He's going to do the correct things. He's going to treat you fair. And uh, that really eliminated a lot of issues and problems for me. Yeah, you have that equity built in there. And it only continued to grow for sure. Um, Chris, again, 32 years. What would you say now is different than when you started? You know, that's a great question. Um, and just kind of looking back, when I started, we had computers in the school, but we didn't have email. You know, we just did not. Email wasn't a thing. I started in 1992. And so uh, we didn't have email and we didn't have social media. Uh, and and that's one thing that even my my former superintendent and I had had several discussions is, is that, you know, when we were talking about issues and problems and time management for teachers, you know, it's like we had both taught and we're like, but you know what? We never taught when teach, when parents had direct access to, to their teachers via email. And so, you know, it used to be, it's just, they'd pick up the phone and call you and you get a message or a voicemail and you'd call them back at the end of the day or during your plan time. But, you know, just that instant 24 seven, uh, access to, to teachers, that's tough. And, and, you know, you have to really teach uh, and instruct and coach people on, you know, once you leave the schoolhouse, hey, it's going to be waiting there for you the next day. So so leave that stuff behind, go home, be a father, you know, be a family person, hang out with your your family and, and, and you know, have that time away from school so that you're rejuvenated and refreshed for the next day. But that that's a big thing is just that uh, – and then, of course, like I said, I, 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 you know, money, I used to say money is the root of all evil. Now I say social media is the root of all evil uh, because it just creates so many problems with your students. And, and, and you know, in the schoolhouse, Mondays, we had all kinds of discipline problems because on the weekends, those kids would text and email and send hateful messages to each other. And it would just all build and crescendo. And then you're dealing with it on Monday morning, first thing. Popping on the bus stop, <laughs> you know, like the whole weekend going on for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah those absolutely. are things we don't, we don't miss, but yeah, those kids learning social media and uh, it's been a challenge, but you have some different challenges now in your role. You're, you're on uh, a couple months away from your first conference. Uh, that's in February. Uh, what are some of your expectations? What are some of your goals for the conference uh, here, Chris? Well, I, you know, my first goal is that I want to have at least 250 participants. Um, I think last year we were at 240. This year I'd like to have two, 250 to 300 is my goal, which I think would be outstanding. We have about 800 members. Uh, and so if we could get a fourth of those, if not more, to attend our conference, that would be wonderful. Um, and then just to be able to make it so inviting and so exciting and and uplifting that the people have such a great time that they're going to go out and they're going to continue to come back to the conference year after year after year. And then 
they become our best advertisement because they're going to reach out to their colleagues and their peers. And they're going to say, Hey, you know what, that, that, uh, leadership conference that OASSP and OMLA produce is awesome. You need to make sure that you attend and you bring teachers and you bring uh, leaders that are, or teachers that have that leadership capacity that you're trying to grow and, 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 and strengthen that pipeline. And so those are some of the, the expectations that I have. And of course, you know, Andrew, you're going to be one of our keynote speakers first day you are opening up and, and uh, I'm, my expectations are that, you create such a buzz and such excitement that uh, it's going to just continue throughout the rest of that conference and the rest of the spring because it's in a, it, that's a great time to have a conference, you know, because here you are, you're coming off, you know, winter break and, and then you're getting ready for testing in the very end of the school year. So it's kind of a great time to kind of pick me up and lift me up and get me through the rest of the school year. So those are, in, in, in just in summary, some of the things that I'm looking for uh, in this first conference. Yeah. And b b professional development gets a bad name, but it's bad professional development. That is the bad part. We're going to have a great time there. I'm honored to be there with you, surviving and thriving, storytelling. There's going to be a lot of energy and fun. It's got to be fun for them too, because school's supposed to be fun. Uh, so we're going to make that happen. And, and again, honored, uh, to be part of it. If you're watching the show live, again, jump in with us, please. Again, this is Chris Legrand, Guthrie, Oklahoma, longtime educator and now the executive director of OASSP. Uh, Chris, outside education, you're a runner. It's a deep passion of yours. You've run uh, multiple races. I think you said here you've done, yeah, three half marathons. Um, tell me about running in your life and what it's done for you as a father, as a school leader and more. Okay. Well, interesting story. Um, I, my first administrator, I was a high, uh, a middle school, eighth grade science teacher and coach for 15 years. And then, oh, wow. um, yeah, so I, I love middle school. I'll tell you that they told me when I took the job that you're either going to love them or hate them. And, and I, they grew on me and I loved them and I, yeah. I, I absolutely had a great time, but, uh, I went into administration in my first administrative job at a middle school as a, an assistant principal, and I was in charge of a lot of discipline. I went in to get my uh, annual physical because I was a bus driver. And uh, so it was required, at least it is in Oklahoma, you have to have a physical each year to drive the bus. And so I went in there and they come out and they said, you know what, you have high blood pressure. And I'm like, do what? I have high blood pressure? I mean, I'd been an athlete growing up and, uh, and I'm like, you know what? And the doctor said, have you had some stress? Well, yeah, dealing with, with, with teenagers and middle school kids, you know, on a daily basis, that, that can create a lot of stress. And so at that point, you know, I kind of made a decision. I need to maybe change my lifestyle a little bit. And so two years later, fast forward, I become a high school assistant principal. And during the summertime, the principal at the time said, hey, Chris, we try to go up and jog a mile every day at lunchtime. You want to come up? And I'm like, well, OK, I'll do it. I get up there, I run a mile, and I'm like, is this it? One mile? I mean, I, I, I hadn't even broken a sweat. And so it it, it kind of hooked me. And so at that point, one mile became two, became three, became four. And uh, I got with my cross-country coach, and he was a big runner, and he kind of gave me a training regiment. And uh, one thing led to another, man. And the next thing you know, I'm signed up for the Tulsa Half Marathon. That's 13.1 miles. And uh, – 
my goal uh, was actually uh, to get it in two hours, and my very first half was one hour and 47 minutes, man. Woo! Woo! <laughs> nice. So, uh, anyway, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. And, and did you use it as a stress reliever? Was it something that you, you would do every morning before school, after school? When did you do it, and uh, was it a stress reliever for you? Yes. You, you talk about – I, you know, and I tell people, uh, you know, you have to be able to have some me time, you know, and, and, and you have, have to have to have that 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 self-care. And for me, it's running. And and I like to now, Andrew, the key is it's what time of the year. So right now in Oklahoma in the mornings, it's usually around 32, 33 degrees. And I don't like that real cold. So. Now it's more in the evenings, but during the spring and summer months, it's always around 4.30 or 5 in the morning. I'll get up, and I'm telling you, for me, uh, once I get in that shower and I get to work, I am wide awake, ready to go, and ready to tackle the day, just refreshed, rejuvenated. And, and every time, I'm telling you, every time, and I, and I go into the doctor two or three times a year, they take my blood pressure and they say, man, you have excellent blood pressure. If we could just bottle this up and give it to someone, this is awesome. So for me, it's it's kept me in good shape mentally, physically. And, you know, it, it helps me to be a good dad, good good husband, and uh, just a, a good good father figure to my kids and, 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 a, and a brother and a, to my, my uh, other brothers and sisters. So um, just great for me. Fantastic. Good to hear that. Uh, and pe people need it. People need to find that thing. And it's great that you remember that one mile and you said, hey, man, I, I want some more. So good for you. What else, Chris? You've had a lifetime in education. You get, you're in a new challenge now. What are some other things that you do to sharpen your saw? Um, you know, for me, I, I like to read. Uh, and I think, you know, that any type of person that desires to be a lifelong reader a learner needs to be a reader. And so I like to read. Uh, that's very important to me. I, I, I tell you, I read the newspaper every morning. That That's just kind of part of my routine. I get up early. Uh, and once I return from my ru uh, run, I typically get the paper out. And, and I and I like to, and I used to, in my younger age, just go directly to the sports page and just read the sports. But now in this bigger role, uh, and especially once I became went from a teacher to administrator, I really want to know what's going on and affecting uh, our, 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 our laws and regulations that affect our kids and our schoolhouses. So I really try to keep a, a tune and abreast of all the, the issues in education going on. So that's that helps sharpen my saw. And then uh, for me, just being around part of my job is to do professional development trainings for principals. And so. I tell you what, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in that no one's smarter than the room and the room is smarter than every, everyone collectively and collaborative uh, is, is better than in one or two individuals in a room. And so just being around them and learning and growing, I, I'm, I think I am learning just as much or more from their discussions and interactions than I am doing the presentation. So in a nutshell, those, those are the types of things that, that keep me going and sharpen my saw and, and, and help me to continue to grow as I become a lifelong learner. Love that answer about the room and the knowledge in the room and experience. The experts are in the seats, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great answer. 
uh, Chris, my, my, my mindset, my mantra is surviving and thriving, right? The ups and downs are through it all. But the word and, if I took the word and out and I asked you to put in a behavior, a strategy, a technique, an action, something that you would do that takes you from surviving to thriving, what would that one word be, that one thing be? That, that's a great question. I like that. Um, and as I was thinking of surviving and thriving, I often think or would associate that with in order to thrive, I think you have to survive a little bit. And I, and I, I truly believe that that surviving is a precursor to thriving. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we learn the most valuable lessons through struggles through trials and temptations, you know, and, and I, I really think that that is one thing that's very concerned to me to about today's youth is the fact that we've somehow lost sight of that grit, fortitude, perseverance. You know, we're in a, in a generation where our, our parents want our kids to be so successful that they do all these things for them, but yet if they fail, they don't know how to react. And so I truly think that in order to thrive, you have to learn how to survive first and foremost. And so I, you know, I, that is one thing that I'll always take with me for the rest of my life is, is the lessons that, that my mother taught me at a very young age, because very, and bless her heart. She's, she's getting ready to be 86 years old here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and Shout out to mom. morning at church, but, uh, she she modeled and taught for us that no excuses. You get up every day. You go to work. You don't blame other people. You don't expect someone to do life. Owe, people owe you nothing. You know, you have to earn it yourself. And so, you know, and to make a real long story short, I just think the value of learning to survive and picking yourself up when you, you're knocked down and dusting yourself off, rolling up your sleeves and getting back to work, that is how you become a very thriving and successful individual. Yeah. Awesome answer there, Chris. So many stories out there of those failures that drove people. You know, you hear the story of Tom Brady getting drafted so late, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, I watched the Shaquille O'Neal documentary, got, got uh, you know, cut as a freshman. That disappointment drove him. So you're right uh, with that. And uh, kudos to your mom for teaching you those values for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. You know, that's sure that's did. documented. So, hey, you know what? Some, you're not always going to win, but you know what? You learn a lesson from it and get better. I have so many parents, right, trying to bail the kid out of the trouble versus making them learn, making them do it. My father used to hand me a quarter before I went out. He said, that's to call somebody else because don't call me because I'm not bailing you out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that was uh, always in the back of your mind. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, this was great, Chris. I enjoyed our conversation. Anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about? Yeah, uh, you know, I, just the, the the value and the importance of, of mentors that I've had throughout my life. Um, you know, I, I'd mentioned that I was an athlete and uh, I've had, you know, coaches that have been so instrumental uh, and teachers uh, that have been so instrumental in my life. And, 
you know, if you ask the, the average American, you know, who was one of the most influential people in your life, besides probably a parent or a grandparent, I would say nine times out of 10, they're going to say a teacher or a coach. And so, you know, they have, education has always been important to me. And, and I'd like to tell people this, but, and, and I'm the fourth of five children um, and including my mom, mom and dad, there's seven of us in our family. Um, uh, I am the only one with a college degree, believe it or not. And so um, I've always loved school. School was was easy for me. And so I loved it. And, and I, and even told kids up until my retirement, I said, I love school so much that I continued to go school after I got out of school. I come every day. And so, you know, as I, as I was retiring, I looked back and I thought, you know what, 50 of my 55 years, I'm telling you my age were spent in a schoolhouse. That's, that's crazy. Think that, but uh, anyway, and it's, it's a testament to educators and coaches and people that are fighting each and every day to make a difference in the lives of today's youth that made me what I am today and got me to where I am in this particular position. And, and I, I, I just think, shout out to those people that do that work each and every day. Love it. Love the answer there. Someone told me a story about Buzz Aldrin, who was the, the third astronaut with, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong there. And they had a viewing, uh, Chris, and you could bring three people. NASA let them bring three people to the headquarters to watch the whole thing. And Buzz Aldrin invited his parents and his high school coach and teacher uh, from, from New Jersey there. And, uh, you know, again, a testament to the people who have made an impact on us, uh, certainly out there. Again, jump in the show, please. Let us know where you're watching from. Leave Chris a, a question or a comment. Chris, uh, we, we got uh, our second take tonight, so it's late here. I know I got to get you home and on to your next point of business. Let's go to rapid fire. These are quick uh, answers. The first thing that pops to your head, are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. Last book you read. Uh, Pause, Breathe, and Flourish by Will Parker. That's your boy there. Shout out to Will Parker. Making yeah. it, it happen. Pause, breathe, and what was it? Pause, breathe, and oh, what? A, no, I bumped you off the stage. Sorry. <laughs> no okay. Pause, be, breathe, and flourish. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book. Ah, nice. Last movie you saw? The Blind. That Duck last Dynasty. Concert. Last concert you went to? Uh, I don't go to a lot of concerts, but it would have been our high school choir Christmas concert a year ago. Yes, it's concert season right now here in Port Jervis. Your favorite dish? My favorite dish is my mother's meatloaf. I love meatloaf, but especially my mother's meatloaf with, with mashed potatoes and gravy. Favorite place to travel? Without a doubt, Colorado. I love the mountains. Even in the in the wintertime, I love the snowfall. But even in the summertime, uh, hiking, uh, the waterfalls, the just something about that cold mountain streams. Love it. Beautiful place. On January 1st, I will be glad that I fill in the blank. Have lived to experience another year. Have grown a year older and celebrated another anniversary. The best principles are the best because, fill in the blank. Because they are servant leaders. They uh, allow their teachers autonomy. 
they, you know, present the standards, but they allow the teachers to teach to those standards how they so choose. And they create a culture of collaboration in their schools. Great answer there. Uh, at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel fill in the blank. Refreshed, uh, uh, able to sit down and relax and uh, put aside the, the worries of uh, the work week and just uh, be able to watch TV and be spend time with my family and be a good father and, and a good husband. Shoe of choice for an experienced runner. Uh, Brooks, the Brooks shoe is my favorite. I, uh, used to run in the on clouds, but, uh, I'm more convinced that Brooks will last a little bit longer and they break, they don't break down as soon and they're better for your knees and hips. You, you have an insole in there. Or are you using what they provide? What with what they provide and they got a good cushioned insole in there and, and a, and a, and a heel that's real cushioned as well. Okay. I always like to hear that. Uh, the best takeaway from this show for our guests. Best takeaway take is, hey, if you're, if you're surviving, hey, hang in there. You're going to be thriving. Because I tell you, uh, grit, perseverance, failures, they lead to wonderful life lessons and things that you can reflect on later on in your life that says, hey, that really made a difference and changed who I am today. Great answer there. The OKC Thunder are fill in the blank. They are young. They are talented, athletic, and they are fun to watch. So NBA world, look out. The Thunder is getting ready to make some noise here in the next few years. Chet Holgram, <laughs> SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy. I tell you, they got, they got the – I, they have the, the the makeup to be really, really good here in the next few years. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Um, these are either or. So you get you pick one or you can throw in a third uh, option there. Cheeseburger or taco? Cheeseburger. Long walk or gym workout? Long walk. Yeah, like especially in Colorado. Beach, pool, or lake? Uh, I like the beach, but more so the lake. There, Oklahoma's a, a lake state, and I love lakes. Book or audio book? Definitely book. I am old school. I want something in my hand. Nice. Series or movie? Uh, movies. I'm not much of a series type person. I, I love just going to movies at my, my leisure. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or somebody else? I'm going to tell you right here, go Pokes, baby. I'm an Oklahoma State Cowboy alumnus. So, hey, go go Cowboys. And, hey, we beat the Sooners this year, made it to the, to the uh, Big 12 championship game, took our lumps. But, hey, we got there and the Sooners are crying. <laughs> I just watched the Barry Sanders. Uh, speaking of series, I just watched the Barry Sanders series. Yeah. 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 Oklahoma uh, didn't beat him. Oh, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was at OSU. I went to school while Barry Sanders played football at Oklahoma State. That was in the mid-'80s when I was actually there at Oklahoma State. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, you saw one of the best. Winter or summer? Summer. Morning or night? 
uh, more morning at the nighttime. I get sleepy, especially now that I'm older and want to go to bed. <laughs> with you on that. Cookie or donut? Uh, donut. I like, we have a wonderful uh, bakery in Guthrie called Missy's Donuts, and they have such good pastries and sandwiches. Donuts, yes. I will have to swing through on my time and go to Missy's. Coffee or tea? Uh, no question. I'm a tea drinker. I am not a coffee drinker. I, I do have my coffee, my caffeine, I should say, every morning. Uh, I drink a Pepsi and I eat a bowl of oatmeal every single morning. And that's my caffeine for the day is my, my soda pop. <laughs> uh, Chris, this was great. Uh, how, how can people get in touch with you, Chris? Yeah, it's easy to get a, a hold of me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Chris M underscore Legrand, uh, or you can get a hold of me at 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 COSA, C C O S A dot org, uh, is probably the easiest way to uh, get a hold of me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm on Instagram a little bit, not a lot. I am kind of reaching out and branching out on that platform as well. And, uh, of course, you can call me here at the COSA office in Oklahoma City as well. So uh, any of those ways uh, are, are the best way to reach out. And, and, and again, if you have questions, I am here to help and assist and support whatever I can do. Mentoring those principals and all those great things you're doing. Uh, I did put those in the show notes there, those contacts as well. Chris, I'm a quote guy. I love quotes. I think they hit home. They resonate. You have a quote you want to end this with? Yes. Uh your attitude determines your altitude. And uh, and just a little story behind that. When I was high school principal, I did the morning announcements. And every single day before I signed off, I said, and remember, students, your attitude determines your altitude. And I think that's so important because, you know, 90% of life is how we react to the circumstances that we face, you know. And so in our attitude and our perspective certainly drives our, our behaviors and how we respond to those situations, either positively or negatively. And I always try to err on the side of positivity. Chris LeGrand, everybody, Oklahoma, uh, retired principal and executive director. Looking forward to the conference. If you are an Oklahoma educator, uh, let's get to the conference. It is going to be a blast. It is going to be a lot of fun. I'm honored to be coming out. Uh, as Chris's first speaker there, and, uh, and he, he won't be disappointed, and you won't be disappointed. So come on out to the conference. Looking forward to it. Chris, that is February 13th. Is that correct? That's a two-day? Yes, 13th. 13th yeah. and 14th, the two-day conference. Yes, and you'll be opening up on the 13th. That is correct. All right. We'll be sending this podcast out as well as some other advertisements out. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. If I could help you in any Anyway, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. Keep rolling, friends. And as Chris said, keep surviving and thriving. Chris, you stay on the line a sec, all right? All righty. All right, friends, signing off. Mm -hmm.